This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Monday, it's the 15th of January, 2024. Coming up today, more on my talking watch troubles and I've been buying on eBay. Uh Uh-oh! You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hang on a minute. That coffee's warm. And I put it out ages ago. How can it still <gasps> be warm? Is it, sense. Uh, is it in the ember cup? No. Oh. I take rid of the ember cup. Why? Give it to my, I give it to my dad. I don't, you know, so the ember cup, if you don't know, is the, uh, I was going to say self-heating. That sounds a little bit... Um, Spiritual. Mm. Uh, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a self-heating cup. It senses the desire to heat. No, it it's, um, it's it's a USB cup. You, you have a little USB. It's actually like a saucer that you put the cup into, and that connects to you, to a power source, and then that charges the cup. So and it's a charger. Yes. Yeah, through, charger, through a wireless charger, yeah, because uh, no, no, you don't no, want no, cables no. connected yep. to power while you're drinking liquids. No. I'm, not, I'm not an electrician. No. We're not medical men either, no. but we sense that could be wrong. You would absolutely need a medical man if or woman if you uh, go into a Sexist. spot of bother with that. <laughs> Can I just stop right there just hello. for a second? What, what, Happy let's put my, yeah, let's say hello for a second. Hello, everyone. <laughs> we just jumped into sorry, Mr. F. We didn't lay out our storefront there. We No, uh, I know it's <laughs> in touch. <laughs> so, sorry, carry on. You've got warm coffee. So I've I, I don't, <laughs> I know. Shocking, I know. It is an absolute disgrace. What is humanity coming to when the coffee I put out... It feels like ages ago. Did I just make another coffee and did not realise it? Possibly. We'll happened. never know. What do you think? Feedback at doubletaponair.com. I think I'm losing my mind. Well, it is Monday. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to Double Tap. It's a coffee stroke watch show, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So you want to hear my new talking watch? Because, you know, everybody like wants to hear about the, the watch and everybody wants to hear about the, the innards and the technology behind <laughs> it. But truthfully, what we really want to know is what does it sound like, right? Yeah, has it got the um, cock-a-doodle-doo on it? No. Listen, oh. Okay, right, so we're talking about a watch here being sold in 2024. I mean, yes. probably made in 1988, but, you know, it's being sold in 2024. <laughs> uh, what kind of voice do you think this thing has? Okay, so tell me what you're thinking. Well, I, know, I, I get the cock-a-doodle-doo thing because I had the same with my watch back in the 90s, my, my talking watch at school. Can you yep. imagine how popular I was at school, sitting in class? I wonder oh, what yeah, time yeah. it is. Boom! It's 4.43pm! <laughs> you know. Sorry, did you have a witch telling you I had a parrot. <laughs> I had a parrot with a very large um, <sighs> thing that you don't. Okay. It, wow. it, it, it made right. Stop it. It it made you the cool kid because you had talking no, tech no, back in the eighties. That was it. You were like um like a hacker or something. <laughs> um. Okay. I'm gonna guess because every talking thing I have from that sort of time is it's that very British, very deep voice, almost Daniel. Yep. If you're a voiceover user, that's that kind of, you know, cut glass English, I'm going to say. Okay, well, let's see what this sounds like and see what you think, right? So this is the voice of my Five Senses Atomic Talking Watch. Thank you to Kyla, by the way, for making me spend $40 on this. Um, so this is it. Time is 
Oh. Um. Okay. Hmm. You want to hear again? Uh, yes. The time is nine twenty-six. Um, is there a bit of lag, or is my internet gone funny? No, it's funny you say that. So, first, <laughs> first experience of this watch. Yes. Was that she seemed to be rather hesitant in telling the time? <laughs> no one wants to tell you the time. It was like she was almost thinking it, like she was asking you, "Is it nine twenty-six? Is it question mark?" Yes. <laughs> Go on, hit it one more time. For okay, me. one more. Okay, hang on, because what may have changed Baby. minute now, so she may be uh, feeling a little okay. bit more confident. Yeah. The time is nine twenty-seven. No, she still sounds a bit hesitant. If you <laughs> ask me. It's a seven. It's a seven. Okay. Are you sure it's seven? Right, okay, okay, right. So, the, the speech seems a little bit okay. Oh, no, right? hang on, it gets worse. Oh, okay. So, here's the thing. Thanks, when, Kyler. When I, <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I got out of the box, it was nine o'clock at night. And I put it on and I set it up. Now, the first thing you have to do when you get it is it's not... It, the way it works is that you connect it via Bluetooth to an app on your smartphone called five okay. senses all one word if you're but if you are choosing to buy this it's all one word the app because i tried searching for it it's two words and it didn't come up so five senses all one word and you download the app and basically you have a button you have two buttons on the side of the watch you have the one at the top uh, right side well, on the right side there are only two buttons but on the top it's the time and if you press it again it'll tell you the date mm. um and then the one below it is for pairing and for connection, and it will tell you in the app, which is, you know, relatively accessible. I mean, it's not inaccessible. I would say that I think some of the buttons haven't been quite labelled properly, but they do tell you what they are. It's just the positioning. I think you know that sometimes when the button itself isn't labelled, but the text is being read. Oh, come on. That's do you know what I mean? Not... Yeah, I do know exactly what you mean. You can't quite like... put your fi- you, you literally can't quite put your finger on it, but you can yes. get your finger near it. You've got to swipe around to get it to actually speak the button That's not label. acceptable. I'm sorry, mm. this is a talking watch. The accessibility in the app yeah. should be A1. Okay, all right. We can we can use it, though. It's fine. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's usable, and, it's, and there was nothing about it that was inaccessible. So anyway, I paired the watch. It wasn't a very difficult process. You tap the watch, you get a little ding, and then that's it. It's available to the watch, to the smartphone. You can then connect it. And uh, once it's connected, it starts to adjust the time. So a bit like a radio-controlled clock where the hands will just start moving randomly and then that will eventually settle itself. It takes about, I think it took 20 minutes to get the time set. 20 minutes? Yeah. Well, it takes a, it, it, this, the hands go around very slowly. Okay. And in fairness, I had the same with radio control clocks. You, you, sometimes it would take about five, 10 minutes for them to set. That's okay. about the time it takes for the hands to get round. Right. Okay. Hang on, hang on. This watch has hands on it. Yeah, so this is a standard you know, clock display. It's not a digital display. Right. It's a standard... Hands display. It's not tactile, though. I wish it was. That would be ideal if I could get one that was tactile as well. But no, it's yep. not tactile. I, I can't really see the hands on it at all. Um, I, I think it's numbers on there. And it's not like Roman numerals or anything. It's, it's just standard numbers. Uh, it's not exactly what I would consider to be designed for low vision. Uh, but then maybe I'm not the best person to, to say if it is or not. But I don't yes. think it is. I would say it probably isn't. Um, okay. It's got. I, can, I think it's a black background with white numbering but it's not very clear to me at all by contrast the numbers yeah i mean maybe and maybe someone with low vision would be fine with it i don't know uh the problem is and often is the case with these watches sometimes the the glass on the top or the plastic on the top can be very reflective yeah it causes a glare so yeah. you can't really see the numbers well i can't anyway so 
But that's okay because it talks ish. Yes. So okay. I mean, just confused and, and generally questionable, but you know, it, it does talk. So anyway, once you get that set up, you can then start investigating the app. Now, the app itself has a number of features in it, not many, but essentially it's about uh, setting alarms. So a couple of things you can do: you can set alarms for uh, different times of the day if you want to. You could, you know, set specific uh, alarms uh, that you can have preset, and obviously you can set those for, you know set them for all your weekly alarms or whatever else. You can also set chimes as well. So on the hour, it will give you a chime. And you can set the range. So you could say from, as I've done, I've said from 7 o'clock uh, until 6 p.m. Give me an hourly oh, chime. That's, that's quite cool. I like that. Yes, yeah, so I, I do like that because actually the, one of the annoying things is the Apple Watch doesn't even have that. You, it, it's either on or it's off. Yeah, constantly chiming away or nothing at all. Yeah, so no, you don't want it through feature. the night. Yeah. Um, there's an, a nap timer. So if you go for a sleep, it will tell you to get up. But it's just like a little quick timer, I guess. Yeah. Um, and the alarms as well, they also, as well as having alarms, which will actually make a noise like an alarm, you can also get ones which will have spoken alerts as well, like take your pills or, you know, reminder to wake up or reminder to go to sleep or, you know, yes. really functional stuff if you want to use that. But the good thing is all of that is optional. So it's not that like you have to use that. Or you have to use, you can use whatever whatever setting you want, whatever type of alarm you want, you can set. Uh, and the voice is pretty clear. The one thing I'll say is I was holding that right up to the microphone. It isn't very loud. Oh, And it's okay. not adjustable. At least I don't think it is. There's nothing I've found on here that allows me to adjust the volume. It's not even in the app. There's no setting for that. That's one downside to this. Because if I hold it just away from the, my microphone's got a noise gate on it, so you might not hear it very well. But if I talk to you and I hit the button, hang on, I've got the wrong way around. So it's, it, I mean, that's that's as loud as it gets. It's not very loud. So you do have to have it right up at your ear. Now that, that's, for me, that's a, an upside and a downside because I don't yes. want it yelling out either. No, well, exactly what you were mentioning at school, right? Sometimes yeah. you want it as quiet as possible where you can just put it next to your ear and listen to it and it's not intrusive. But at the same time, if you're outside walking around, sometimes you want to be able to blare it out. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, what you want is the choice. Yes, absolutely. You know, really just the ability to turn the, the volume up or not. Uh, and, and in terms of settings, that's kind of it. That's what you have. Um, it will also give you, uh, not unfortunately, it doesn't give you, <laughs> this is the only uh, downside here in the part of the app, which uh, sadly isn't particularly accessible. There is a battery indicator, which is actually quite useful because it will tell you how the battery is doing inside the watch. Problem is, can't get it to read it. So, oh. um, yeah. You'd have to get someone else to see that, unfortunately. And there is a Wi-Fi connection option as well on the screen. But again, that doesn't seem to be accessible via voiceover either. Oh, Stephen. Stephen. Mm. This all sounds a little bit eh. Yeah, well, yeah. If you don't I mean, mind me saying, I don't want to be harsh here. Eh. I think this is the problem. You know, you, you have a great idea and a company that put a lot of effort into these things they don't, and this is maybe an ex, a perfect example of when something is built for people but not with people. Mm, yeah. How many blind people tested this app? I'm guessing none. Yeah. I'm guessing none before it rolled out. Now, the good thing is it is an app, so it can be, you know, updated. It can be fixed. That the problems in the app could be resolved. So that's potentially good news. Yes. If indeed, they do have to rewrite the app, which obviously would be rather annoying if they did. I'm going to feed back to the company on this because there are a number of things in here I think are good. I think there could be improvements as well. I imagine that there could be future generations. I think this is version two of this watch. 
uh, which does you know offer significant improvements. But you know the problem is a lot of this is kind of I I don't know I don't know if it's startups or, or just ideas or offshoots of other products that are being that are being used to create these things. I don't know. Um, but it's an it's an interesting idea. I mean, I, I think you know it, te- it takes the talking watch to another level because you know the talking watch is usually just a talking watch. It might be it radio sits control. In between. It sits yeah. in between the smartwatch, you know, the the high end smartwatches, and the your basic talking watch. It's, it gives you that little extra functionality. But never mind how interesting it is. How practical is it, Stephen? Are you actually? Is this something you think you're going to use every day? Well, you know, you know me. I'm never out the front door, so you know I always have Lady A to bellow at. But equally, sometimes it's nice, especially if I'm doing the TV show, I'm doing something else, doing an interview. I want to quickly check the time, and I don't want to necessarily invoke a smart speaker to do it. Just want to mute my microphone, quickly check the time, and move on. Now I know, of course, I could do that with my computer because I've got you know that all set up as well. I could just hit a keystroke and it'll tell me the time. I get all that, yes. but the point is, <laughs> let's just ignore all that for a minute yeah. and imagine I've only got the watch. Um, <laughs> Then, yeah, I mean, look, if I'm out and about, this is the kind of thing I want. I want easy access to the time. The time telling is the problem for me. So the the, the second part of the story is, so you've just heard it read the time, and it's kind of funny that she was a little bit hesitant there because the first day I tried it was just after 9 p.m. Hmm. And I have to say, it, exactly what she said to me on this, what this watch said was, it's 20.012. Oh, Okay. That's, I believe, perhaps, the time in Ireland. Perhaps, perhaps it's an AI watch. Perhaps it's still learning how to speak at the minute. I kind of thought maybe it needs an update or something to get the watch or get the, the language right. I thought maybe there's a language setting. I thought maybe that was it. But no, 2012. 2012. Which was actually 2112. Um, I don't know how... It, well, the twenty o part came in. That that completely confused me. I had to ask Lady A what the time was because I, I couldn't understand <laughs> what the time was. Has the EU changed the time format or something? I yes. don't know what's going on. Um, I think yeah, the EU should get involved in this. I'm going to send this to the EU and say, you guys got to get involved here. Every time I speak to um, ChatGPT, now it responds to me in Welsh. It thinks I'm talking Welsh to it. I don't know. It must be my accent. It's very strange. But Look, the thing with the Apple Watch was that it it was a bit of a, I'd say, faff to find out the time. Mm. And I, I've had the same experience sometimes, right? Not all the time, but if you wake it up, sometimes it takes a second or two before it actually tells you the time. If Are you having the same thing here? So when you press that button to tell you the time, let's forget about the way it speaks and the slight hesitance in its voice. Mm. When you press that button, does it immediately tell you the time? Yes. Okay. So as long as it doesn't start talking funny or Welsh again, then you should be okay. Yeah, as long as it's not, you know, the, the, I don't know, the 118th of uh, seven, you know, <laughs> as long as it doesn't start kind of giving me nonsense, then, you know, I actually I don't have to work out the time based on seconds or something, um, <laughs> then we should be fine. I, look, do I think I'm going to keep this at the moment? I'm hesitant to say this is something that's meant to be practical for me that I didn't buy this to review it. I bought it to use it. So, you know, for me, I and maybe that answers the question to anybody else. I, I wouldn't maybe keep this at the moment. I'd be tempted to send it back and spend my money on something else. And it might be just that I buy a mm. s- simple talking watch. You know, it's funny, right? I was on eBay this morning. This is another disaster story. <laughs> well, for my bank balance anyway. Uh, so I was on eBay this morning and I did find a number of tactile watches for sale some of them 
pretty old tactile watches. Now, a friend of mine had a tactile watch from about, had it for, in his family. It was had been around for like 50 years. And he said this, the quality and build of this thing was incredible. And he had it for years. He kept using it and he still uses it to this day on and off. And um, he was telling me, he said, oh, it's really good. And I was looking into to- uh, tactile watches as well, you know, as, a, as an alternative to this. And the amount of reviews that would say, oh, yeah, you know, you've got to be careful because the hands will just break. Or, you know, you've got, you've got to be really gentle with it because it will break or, or the, the watch will just fail. And, I, and, you know, part of me is thinking, what what's happened to this industry? I mean, look, the watch industry is thriving. I don't think anyone's going to tell you that the watch industry is dying. But in terms of tactile watches, in terms of design, even talking watches and their design, it's because, you know, this even this watch, right, this Five Senses watch, you know, I gave this to my wife and I said, what do you think about this from a fashionable perspective? I am not fashionable on any level, as you well know. I don't do fashion and neither do you, to be fair. So, you know, I, I don't do it. And <laughs> I handed it to her to say, look, what do you think about this? Is this something that, and she said, to be honest, it's not that fashionable. It's okay. <gasps> but, you know, the strap is pretty cheap looking. Um, it's got that kind of, you know, cheap plastic feel to it. Um, it is plastic. There's no way around it. It just doesn't have any kind of quality to it. And the problem is that if I did want to go out and spend the money, if I thought to myself, well, okay, look, it's $40. What do you, what do you expect? I'll go and spend some serious money on a nice talking watch or a nice tactile watch. I don't think there is any. I don't think such a thing exists anymore. I think it's all cheaply made tat, to be perfectly honest. Wow, strong words, Stephen Scott. Harsh words, but I I think I agree with you. I mean, where where is the... Because there was a time... Time. Where watches were... were, No, they are part of your... Outfit in some yeah, occasions. You know, you, you you have your everyday watch, and you used to have a a nice, almost a dress watch if you were going somewhere nice. Um, where is that option now for a speaking watch or a tactile watch? Do they exist? I I, I haven't seen them. The closest I've seen is the oh, I've totally forgotten what it's called now, but the watch with the ball bearings in. Oh yeah, the um, I've forgotten as well. Bradley one, that's our Bradley, Bradley from E one. Bradley the company, watch. Yeah. Now. Nice design, you know, a quirky, a unique design, and it looks very nice as well. I can't use it. I'm, I, I'm yeah. too heavy-handed. I cannot feel those those that tactile ball bearings to which indicate the time. I can't use it. I just knock them out. Well, that's the so, problem, right? You end up moving them around, so you don't you even you don't have a clue what the time is. You got to be so gentle with it. So yeah, I honestly I agree. I think there is a, a gap in the market there. And I'm not even talking thousands and thousands of pounds here. I'm not talking a no. a, Rolo- a Rolex talking accessible watch. No, because no, some... there's no market for that, right? I mean, there no, isn't. No. just isn't. I mean, it's a niche market anyway for that kind of watch, irrespective of whether it talks or not. But true, you know. Again, this maybe maybe this is one of those areas where again it's this division that goes on. You know, instead of thinking about it from a sense of well, let's make this watch accessible to everybody, make it talk if it if you want it to talk i mean look a smartwatch today there's a lot of hybrid smartwatches i had one for a while i still do actually which is a beautiful watch a gorgeous watch from a company called fossil and it's a gorgeous watch it's got smoke gray it's titanium it's it's beautiful to wear it's a stunningly gorgeous watch but i can't use it i mean I, i can wear it and it looks amazing and people have commented on it 
but I cannot use it because I can't see it. Now, it does have smart functionality. And I have to say, I haven't used it for a long time. And this conversation is kind of making me think maybe I should pull this out, get a new battery in it and see if I can do anything with it. Maybe use a, because these buttons have got shortcut actions capability. Yes. So maybe I could do something, but all I'm going to do with it really is just get it to tell, you know, get my phone to speak the time, perhaps. Which doesn't seem ideal. No. It's not got a not, speaker in it, you know, that's the problem. No, no, no. Yeah, that's, that, it's pointless. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry to be harsh, but it is. That's, that's mm-hmm. kind of pointless. All we want is a, a, a watch with a decent speaker in there that you can adjust the volume of. How what, hard what is it to need? tell the time? I mean, honestly, when you think about it, I, I remember having this conversation. When I started doing these shows, not this show, but the, pre, the, the, the old show, way back <laughs> the previous when, shows in the yes. 1800s, <laughs> I remember saying, I was chatting to a dinosaur, and I said, um, isn't it really difficult to tell the time? The T-Rex didn't want to know. Um, yeah. The arms. Small, small yeah. arms. But yeah. um, <laughs> more coffee, more coffee, please. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> the train is starting to veer off the rails ever so slowly. Oh, dear. Nothing yes. new there. Welcome back to Double Tap. It's a new week and uh, nonsense has resumed. Uh, oh, but no, no, it's but a, that's it's... the point, right? That you know, For years and years and decades, in fact, I've been looking for a nice watch that I can use. And for some reason, it evades me. I hear all these people who are assigned to talk about, oh, I'll get this new watch from Citizen or get this new watch from Rolex or this new watch from Tag or this new watch from... And I'm like, yeah, I'd love all that. But the only option I have, truthfully, the only option I've got is at the lower end of the scale. And I mean, we say lower end, goodness me. But, you know, the, the, the bottom end of the scale is smartwatches from Apple and Google. And that, and that is not bottom end by any stretch of the imagination. But that is the entry level, if you like, in terms of a smartwatch that can talk. So the, the Pixel Watch can talk. Review coming soon. I have oh. reservations. But... You know, you have the Apple Watch, which does talk as well. But beyond that, what you have are higher-end smartwatches from other companies like Fossil, like Tag. They do have smartwatch versions that will read running Android. But yes. you're paying a lot of money. I mean, I was looking at one. It was $1,500. It might have been $2,000, actually, if you want with the conversion. And it was a beautiful watch from Tag. But it was an Android watch. And mm-hmm. part of me thought, you know, as much as I want this watch, because it was absolutely gorgeous, it had a ceramic face, it had, you know, the most gorgeous band. Oh, it was, it was just gorgeous. You could dive into this thing. It was so lovely. Diver's watch. Yes. Yeah, indeed. Um, <laughs> Sorry. More coffee for you. More coffee for Sean. Um, but yeah, that was, but, well, yeah, it was gorgeous. On, but it was a lot of money for basically a talking watch with Android built in. And, you know, Android watches yep. then were even, let's just say, worse than they are now. So, Oh, wow. Okay, yes. But no, the point you just made, though, is that, hey, we're, I'm willing to pay a little bit more for an accessible watch. And yeah. that would fill that criteria. Yes. So you're you're saying yes, but I don't want to pay that much. Well, but, but, I but that so I'm spending much. so hang on, so I'm spending two thousand dollars now for a watch that tells the time with a million other smart features that aren't particularly accessible. Well, that's the key for me. With and that's these... the problem. You you kind of go from one extreme to the other. It's like yeah. okay, so nothing or something with the potential for more that's not great. And I have to say, I even extend that to the Apple Watch. As much as I love the Apple Watch, 
You know, I think, and it is accessible, but, you know, accessible and usable, two very different things. Oh, uh, I can't, no, I, and, it's you know, usable, it's accessible, it's a little bit laggy at the moment with the, the, the latest updates that we've had. Do you, just, do you think I should just reset this thing and just get back to square one with it and just see if I can, I, I think we need to go through the settings of this watch, to be perfectly honest. I think we need to know what is going on, what's changed in this update with I, well, with watchOS that's causing it to feel so... Um, Awkward, you know. I get a notification on it, and I, I can't and get read it. stuck. Yeah, it just gets stuck. Bonk, bonk. What is on the screen? There must be something there. Yeah, uh, maybe it's time. Maybe you should do a reset, start again. Yeah, but the thing is, see, like you're paying whatever you're paying for an Apple Watch. But again, for me, an Apple Watch isn't something I would wear out. Something special. It doesn't look. That yeah, that's nice. true. That's true. Even if you get a nice band, I understand, and uh, yeah, but it, it's not. It's not what I would call a dress watch. No, it's tricky. It's twenty twenty four, and we're still talking about how I can tell the time easily. I know. That's what I mean. I mean, we shouldn't be having this conversation. Really, this is nonsense. But you know, people listening. Hello, listeners. You know, you hello. out there. I know there's lots of people out there saying, "Well, the Apple Watch works fine." You know, the tactile um, vibration, haptic time. That's a nice feature. That works fine. And yes, it may not. Every time I press the digital crown, it doesn't say the time straight away, 100% of the time. But for the most part, it works okay. Well, see, the problem is that maybe it's the settings I'm using, because I've never used the crown to tell the time. I just tap the screen. Yes, yes. So maybe is that a setting I should change? I mean, that, this, uh, well, this, sounds, this sounds like a common thread. People keep saying, oh, yeah, I use the crown. But I'm like, I don't use the crown. I've never watched it. I know it's on Netflix. It's supposed to be very good. I've never watched it. Oh, very clever. <laughs> you know what? Reset your Apple Watch and let's have a let's have a revisit. Okay, let's revisit the Apple Watch then. Mm-mm-mm. So I've got it. So I mean, you may as well use it. Well, if you're not taking it back or selling it on eBay, why not? Well, I, I don't think I would. Because I know then I didn't have to buy, <laughs> didn't buy another one. I know what I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait for your Pixel Watch review. Yeah, well, maybe it's the answer to everything. You never Could know. Be. Highly doubt it. But you never yeah. know. Uh, right, look, stick around. Uh, from time to braille. Uh-huh. The conversations, they just go around in circles here. <laughs> Double tap. But braille, I'm going to tell you about that and uh, why my uh, recent trip to eBay has been rather expensive. That's next. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567, or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Ah, Sean, you old rapscallion, you. Oh, what have I done now? Ah, you, Sean, you old horse thief, you. Uh, okay, yes. <laughs> Has someone, what's happened? I'm confused. I have been watching way too much West Wing in the past couple of weeks. And, uh, uh, yeah, hang I've on. Say, I, want, I want President Bartlett. Can we vote him in? I isn't, want him. Isn't West Wing like, I don't know, 10 20 years, years old ago? Or something? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was out in the 20s. Twi- it was out actually, I think, the end or the beginning of the millennium. Um, no way. Okay. No, I don't watch any of that. Anything political, I do not watch. Sorry. Oh, I love it. Uh, absolutely. It's my favorite show. I think my top. That is my top two shows, that and The Sopranos. I don't know what that tells you about me, but... <laughs> I have noticed a slight theme. Anything where there's lots of insults between people, you seem yes, to like. I love it. Anything with insults. take notes. <laughs> my wife always says to me, that's where you get your jokes from, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah mostly, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been watching, there was an episode where uh, 
President Bartlett walks in and he's like, ah, you old horse thief, you. And that just made me laugh. So I thought, I'm going to call Sean a horse thief today. Well, let's hope it made someone laugh. Yeah, no one probably, just me. It's a very specific reference to the West Wing. So if you've watched it and you know what I'm talking about, if you've never watched it or you don't (sighs) care, then fair enough. Um, Yes, I was on eBay earlier and um, I was waiting for you, actually. So it's your fault. What? What do you mean you were waiting for me? I was waiting for you. You you had to go on away to reset your router or something. And oh, so I, I see. Said, oh, right, I, I'm going I, on eBay. I thought we were due to meet up on eBay or something. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm with you. Yes. So Live from eBay. You had um, a bit of spare time, so you went on eBay. Always a mistake. Well, this is actually, I'm blaming you, but it's not your fault. So someone on Mastodon today posted that they had noticed a number of cheap Braille displays on sale on eBay. Now, they were talking generally about their own situation. I think this person's in the States. So they were talking about the fact they had seen a number of Braille displays. And they said, I think the reason they're so cheap is because the people who are selling them don't know what they are. So it's not that there's anything wrong with them. It's just that people don't know what they are. Maybe they have them. Maybe they've got them donated or something's happened and they've just just sold them off. I I had a friend who did this once. A friend who got hold of something that was a very expensive thing. I think it was like a, a Braille embosser. He had no idea what it was. So yeah. he sold over a hundred pounds. And you know, it was snapped up in no wow. time at all. Because these cost thousands upon thousands of pounds, thousands of dollars. So yeah, I, I was on so it kind of made me think, right? I'm gonna jump on eBay and have a look and see if there are any of these um, yeah. from the UK's perspective. And uh, there weren't any in the UK, but one was on sale in or from France. And um I managed to pick up an Orbit Reader 20. For 150, whatever is the currency in France. Um, euros? Francs. It used to be francs. I believe it's not anymore. 150 euros. So um, that is just under 150 pounds, just under $300 Canadian, maybe? Something like that. I mean, considering they're about, what, $700 new? $600, $700 new? So it says good condition. There's no more information than that. Oh. It might be terrible. I don't know. Only, but, you know, only one pin working in one yeah, well, cell. Well, this is the problem. And I've heard issues with some of the Orbit readers that they've had issues with pins, especially the early generations. So perhaps there'll be issues with it. But do you know what? I do really like that signage quality Braille the Orbit reader has. Yeah. You and I have a big trip planned for February because we're going to Vienna. We are. Uh, I'd love to say it's on some romantic getaway, but it's not. It's for work. I would definitely not love to say that. I'm very happy it's for work. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I was talking about somebody else. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yes. Uh, He'll be there as well. In person. He will. We'll get him on the air. We'll get him drunk. I'm so terrified. It's in the UN, but we're going to the UN building. Double tap goes to the US. (laughs) Double tap goes to the UN. No, listen, I did this last year. I did it my own last year. You couldn't come because I think you'd broken yourself. Uh, yes, correct. So um, I had to go myself. So we were going to the Zero Project Conference, which is an incredible... You know, some, sometimes you hear about these conferences and you go, here we go again. Another you know, conference. Yeah, yeah, another conference, another thing. This one, and it's funny, I probably would have said the same thing up until I'd gone. Until I'd actually gone to this, I was blown away by the amazing people that were there. I mean, we spoke to a handful of people in comparison to the number of people who were actually there. Yeah, of course. And we're doing the same again this year and we'll be bringing the show from there. And, you know, I know it's a little bit different because we're not kind of just doing our usual larking about, although we will do a bit of that. 
Um, I think Sean and I are going to try and buy a coffee from the coffee stand. They've, they've moved the position of where we're sitting. So that's good. Always, that's always a good thing, isn't it? When they move us blind people around and they confuse us by moving us. I like it. Are we closer or further away from the toilets? Uh, you're further away. That's the problem. Oh. You'd have preferred last year because were, we were right across from the bathroom last year. I need to know exactly. If I could record from inside the toilet, I'd be even you could better. You sit in there. Yeah, you could just sit in there and do the <laughs> interviews from there. It's nice to go to Sean, our special correspondent, who's not getting <laughs> much luck with interviews in that bathroom. <laughs> no one wants to talk to me. I don't know Why what's going that? on. Yeah. Ah, I'm looking forward to it. It is going to be great. But on the, the, the preparation side... I'm thinking about, I'd love to have a Braille display. And I must admit, the Orbit is so much easier to read, I think, just with the quality of the Braille cells. But I cannot get an Orbit reader for love nor money in this country. I can't get one. No, no one seems to have any for sale. They are scarce. It's very true. They're very popular. I will say, look, absolute bargain. And I hope it's in working condition uh, and everything who knows? else. Very good. There is a bit of protection with eBay if you pay through PayPal and all that thing. You've I got didn't. some... You're supposed to pay through PayPal. Okay. Forget it then. Oh, well. Um, but I will... Money's gone. Out. Forget it. You do, you do Beans for dinner. Have, you do have to be careful. I've seen so many scams on Facebook blind groups where, oh, so I've got a MacBook Air and, um, you know, I don't want it. I'm going to give it away to someone. They are always, always scams. And I'm I'm always a bit hesitant when there's suddenly a flood of incredibly cheap or I don't know what this is I want to give it away um, adverts. Well, in fairness, that, that wasn't the case careful. with this advert. You're absolutely right. No, no, that's I, not I know, the case with just, this. I don't know. It could be a complete scam. I might end up with a, I don't know, a box of eggs. <laughs> okay, well, there's look, a braille cell. You know, you, that's it. You, Usually the way these scams work is that they're trying to socially engineer you into giving you uh, giving them a password to something. Oh, send me the password to whatever it may be so I can, you know, uh, start the, the transfer over of something or other. Mm. It's always a scam. So th- the fact that you've actually just paid for this and hopefully that's as risky as any other transaction you do online. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. that's absolutely fine. But I'm just saying just to be aware, if something is too good to be true, if someone is offering to give you something, do be very wary. And of course, never give your bank details, your passwords, ever. For whatever reason, oh, I need for shipping or whatever. They don't never do that. And always check the, the seller rating as well, you know, because you can, you can usually judge it based on, you know, percentage of satisfaction. And that's one thing, because you can say, oh, well, it's 100% satisfaction. Yeah, but if, only, if the person's only sold one thing, then... Yeah, it's been on for one hour exactly. and sold one thing. You know, but yes. if you sold 100 or 300 or 400 items, then that's different. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We shall see. I, I think French people are nice, so I'm going to say it'll be fine. Of course they are. The only question is, will it be in French? Will this be a there? Oh, well. Uh, I'm going to turn it on. It's going to go, I, I don't know. I, please I, stop I, doing that I have accent. no idea what you're doing. Uh, I am a French uh, Please leader. stop. Let's I only work on. on Sunday. Please. Oh, oh, wow. Are there any voicemails? <laughs> oh, love you, France. Speaking of languages. I'm French-Canadian, by the way. Love you too. Bon Dion. Yes. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I loved Celine Dion growing up. I mean, I don't, I don't not love her now, but I mean, I, I loved Celine Dion growing up. I was a huge I, Celine Dion fan. Again, yes, this made me saying. very unpopular with school people. You keep 
keep saying how much you love Celine Dion. I She's not going she to respond to, me to your email. She never she waved. Did. She, she waved to me. I was at her concert. She turned around. I was yeah. waving to the point my arm nearly fell off, and she waved back. She. My mother told me. No, oh, did she? Okay. My mum said. <laughs> Look, she waved Celine at me. waved at you. She did. She said he. She waved at you. All right, okay, just like that. With- That's exactly how she said it. And <laughs> trust, me, trust me, in case you think, oh, maybe your mum was trying to be nice, this was my mother, my mother. She wasn't trying to be nice. She wouldn't say right. it if it wasn't true. Okay, let's not mention it. Celine again. Love you, Celine. So, yeah, mentioning languages. I had oh. a bit of an issue on Thursday last week. Yes. So, you know, I've been using NVDA and been enjoying myself with it. You're loving Windows. Let's, let's say how it is. Don't be ashamed. <sighs> yeah, Open I go up. back. You know what I'm like. I'm Turn back and down forward. those walls. Stephen Scott loves Windows. <laughs> say it. I, I, I enjoy Windows. Oh, yes, you enjoy it. I do enjoy Windows. I do. I and look, for getting a lot of stuff done, it is the preferable way of doing it. I've said that for years. Um, <laughs> you haven't. You said I that have, for like six months. I, I, I have, the last year have. you've been this saying is the one Mac. occasion I can tell <laughs> you I have. <laughs> Okay. What right. have I always said to you? What have I always said to you? you don't I'm setting up my, I say. I'm setting up my iMac. I'm setting up my Mac yeah, yeah, Mini. Yeah, but what have I said to you? If you want to get something done, you get yeah. a PC. I've always said that. Listeners, he's never said that. I have. Okay. I'm, I'm going to find. You know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to. I'm going to transcribe every show we've ever done, <laughs> and I'm going to find the episodes I've said that, and you'll find hundreds of examples. All right. Okay. Okay. So why do you use the Mac? because uh, it's great. Right. Anyway, Fine. So uh, <laughs> I was, because uh, I've bought so many of them, I'd feel guilty if I didn't. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, I was using the NVDA and um, I, the computer was complaining it was wanting to restart. The PC wanted to restart with some update because, you know, it's a PC and it's a Tuesday. So obviously it needs an update. Oh. Um, so, yeah, fine. So I was doing an update on it. And um, just before I hit enter, I noticed. I'd got, I must have gone into the NVDA settings to change something. Oh, I'll tell you what it was. I was looking to turn on the screen curtain. I couldn't figure out how to do it. There didn't seem to be a keyboard command to oh, turn it yeah. on. I don't know what that is, actually. No, I don't think there is one. You might be able to create one, but there wasn't one. And so what you have to do is you have to go into the settings, you have to go to vision, and then you tab through to where it says turn screen curtain on. And there's a tab option or, or, or a checkbox to, to tick. Then when you do that and you okay it, that is when it turns it on. And it will ask, there's other setting options like, you know, do you want me to confirm you're turning it on? Do you want me to That's you know, right. give you a yeah. sound effect when it's on? Which is actually quite useful. Um, so yeah, that was that was fine. So I turned on the screen curtain and as I was leaving, I must have done that and then gone back into send. Whatever I'd done, just before I hit okay, I heard something like Vietnamese. But I just hit enter, didn't think oh. any of it. <laughs> Enter the computer restarts, and suddenly it's speaking in English, right? It's fine. Absolutely fine. It just restarts okay. and everything's fine. And then I, I'm starting to go into things, and it keeps saying J at the end of everything. So it's like, whatever it says, I will J. File Explorer, oh. J. J? What's J all about? And then it starts to speak, once we start getting into things, it starts to speak in slightly different tones. And I'm thinking, I don't have a clue what this thing's saying. And I'm thinking, please tell me. I haven't changed the language on this. So getting a little bit worried, I dive into the settings of NVDA and I have absolutely no idea what this thing is saying. Oh, no. It's in complete other language now. 
So, first thing I'm thinking is, right, let's get Ira desktop on. Because yes. obviously I can't use I can't use Ira on the phone because the screen curtain's on. Ira desktop will see past that. Surely. So get Ira desktop on, call up the agent. Very happy to speak to me. Start sharing the screen. I mean, don't get me wrong, this was all very difficult because I was trying to do this in another language. Yes. But most of it was kind of strangely translating between English and so it was kind of going between enough to allow me to do what I wanted to do. Yes. Um You've got enough Vietnamese to get by, obviously. <laughs> well, enough English, well. yeah, which thankfully was speaking. <laughs> so I get into Ira and I open up the Ira desktop. So I go through all this process, get the screen sharing going. And um, she says, I can't see anything. There's nothing on the screen. Oh. Now, we're in a bit of a bind here because I can't turn the screen curtain off because there's no keyboard command that I can find. I can't do anything to change the language without her being able to see the options because I don't know what they are. So how do you think we get around that problem <laughs> other than throw the computer out the window, which I have to say about 10 minutes in, I was seriously considering. Okay, so how would I... I don't think there's like a return to default out-of-the-box settings keyboard shortcut. Um, I would uninstall NVDA and reinstall it. That's how I would have well, grind it. I did think about, okay, so if I turn, that's a good idea, actually. That's, that's maybe the best solution in some ways. But, Thank you. Um, because, of course, you know, I did have JAWS on there. But I thought the problem is that doesn't solve anything. Because if I turn NVDA off, yes, we can get into the, well, we can open up NVDA. But as soon as we turn NVDA on again, it's going the to turn screen the screen off. will come back on. Yes, that's right. So how do we go around this? So, um yeah, that was a problem. So the end result was the IRA agent, who was amazing, by the way, as they all are, um, she was Googling away ferociously trying to find a solution to this. And she said that she found a, a menu for almost like a, a, a quick settings menu, which is insert or the NVDA key, shift and G. Oh, okay. And what that does is it brings up a, a very simple menu. Now, unfortunately, again, it's all in the other language, but she was able to tell me how many arrows down, shift tab back. I'm going to press it right now. Yeah, NVDA shift happens. G. Yeah, it brings up like a, a kind of like a, a quick settings almost. You getting uh, that? Um, no. Oh, I pressed the wrong button. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you, I guarantee if you press the right button. No, I'm not getting it. I must be doing something wrong. NVDA shift G. Yeah. NVDA shift G. No, I get nothing. Try it. Try NVDA control G, just in case I'm remembering. <laughs> okay, it wrong. okay. Ah, uh, NVDA control G, normal ah, control configuration G. dialog, quick setting. Yes, okay. Well, I didn't know that existed. That doesn't surprise me at all. So anyway, I, I got in there, and you, I think you arrowed down twice. There was I can't remember exactly, but you arrowed down twice. You shift tab or whatever it was, and that would take you to where you could. Land on the language. As soon as I arrow down, I get Afrikaans, Albanian. Yep. Yeah. So if I just do U, Ukrainian. Uh, do E for English. Oh, E. English E N. Yes, yep. you're absolutely right. That's it. It drops you on the drop down, and then you can just hit E from there. Then you shift tab twice. Apply button. And that was yes. it. And that's the apply. There we go. If I'm not remembering it, I do pretty well. So, um, 
but yeah, that was it. That was how we got out of it. So that's the quick way of getting out of the problem. If you ever end up accidentally changing the language, uh, in, insert or, or NVDA key, whatever one you use, NVDA key, control G, and then E for English, shift tab twice, and hit space bar. And it's funny because I was doing all this and I had no idea what I was pressing because it wasn't clear to me at all. Yeah. Uh, but then once it changed, once I hit the apply button, which it was, uh, it was all back to normal. So um, I have to say huge thanks to the IRA agent for helping me with that. And uh, we continued from there. But I've got to say, screen curtain's great, but it is a nuisance that the it, it can't be seen past I by the I don't understand the, the how that works. It used to be, when screen curtain was first introduced to NVDA, basically it was a, a black image that they just maximized right. on the screen. So everything was still underneath it. That's how it worked. And if you change the resolution, you know, there'd be a little blacked out corner of your screen and you'd see the rest. Oh, the Mac I, does that as well. Yeah. I, I'm assuming that, that that is no longer how it works and maybe it's more advanced than that. But I, I honestly don't understand how that that screen sharing works when it comes to something. You think it'd just do it internally, grab the video or graphics driver yeah. stream from internally. Because didn't we hear that if you don't have a monitor on there as well, you can't screen share? Well, I had that problem, yeah. I couldn't yeah. get screen sharing to work at all without a monitor connected to it. Now, I guess you could if you had one of those dummy HDMIs. Maybe that's the way to do it. The problem for me is, so I'm using the laptop, right? So I want to have the laptop lid open. The problem is, and, and people say to me, well, why bother? Just maybe turn the brightness down or whatever. It, it, it's not that I'm even trying to see the screen because I have to be honest. I don't know why this is. Well, I think I have an idea, but I can't see anything on a PC screen, right? I just can't. There's nothing on a PC screen and magnification doesn't work very well at all for me on there. It's too juddery. It's too all over the place. I can't use it. I can't get control of it and I can't find what I'm looking for. And the weird thing about Windows, even though it hasn't changed massively over the years, it's changed enough that in my head, I'm looking at, say, Windows XP. That's what I see in my mind. Yes, yes. So visually, nothing's probably going to reference the same way anymore. So I kind of give, gave up on that because I thought this is not a good, it's just going to confuse me if I try and see this. And I can't see it anyway, so forget it. But the other problem I have with, with Windows is, and it's happening a little bit now on the Mac as well, is certain times when you open a link, you get this flash of light. Oh, uh, right. It's like opening the browser or whatever, and it'll flash yes. before it opens it. I, they've got to try and fix that because, you know, if you're in dark mode or you're living in dark mode and something like that bright flash, I mean, that's going to annoy anybody. Yeah. But, you know, if, you've, if you're light sensitive, especially so. So I want to turn the screen curtain off or on, I should say, to to have that avoided. Um, yeah. That can be quite irritating. But I, what I've done right now, just, just to sort of keep the peace with myself and know that if I do need Ira, they can still see the screen. I've just basically turned the brightness down as low as it'll go on the laptop. The reason the lid is open is because I want to use the laptop webcam. That's kind of what I'm... I don't oh, want to have terrible. another thing connected to the, you know, just just have the Connect laptop. Connect a thing it. to it. That's ah, a beauty. I'm not connecting more things. Oh, yeah, but the laptop webcam's terrible. Oh, who cares? I can barely see them. They can barely see me. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> good, good point. Why bother? <laughs> is Stephen Scott's response. Why bother? That's not what we use for television. I've got to be very clear on this. It's quite a different system we use for that. It's not, not a webcam. No. Um, I've got to say, though, what a great example why Ira is different. And, you know, the comparison to Be My Eyes and other services are always there, but they are so good at looking up resources like that, which, you know, you wouldn't expect a Be My Eyes volunteer to do, quite rightly. Uh, the, the ability to Google something, look up manuals, read through manuals, go that extra mile. That is something that Ira is superb at. 
Yeah, and I, I saw someone on um, probably Mastodon talking about the fact that they had used the disability answer desk with Microsoft. They hadn't used the AI version; they had used the, the, the you know the contact a human, talky talky human, an, an yes. actual human. Yeah, I believe it's called a talky talky human. Yeah, yes, <laughs> as opposed to the righty righty human. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, so the uh, the talky talky human was brilliant, and you know helped that person immensely. And I was thinking about that actually after. I'd had this experience because I thought, well, if I'd contacted Microsoft with this, would they have even been able to help? Probably not. They'd have probably said, well, look, sorry, that's not really a Microsoft problem. I mean, they maybe it's would have helped. I don't know. But it's not it's really it isn't their problem. No, it's not their problem. But they are the disability help desk. And as a disability help desk, I would kind of hope that they know about JAWS NVDA. But then they could rightfully say, well, sorry, we're, we're trained on narrator. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it is, is a difficult one. But that, that, that was great. Yeah, NVDA Control G, very handy. Also, NVDA Control S will take you to the synthesizer settings, so you can change your TTS synth, or also change your output device, which can be quite handy. One oh. tab will take you to the output device, and you can just arrow through and change if you can't hear something. NVDA Control and V will take you to the voice options as well to change voice or pitch or rate. So, yes, that NVDA Control and whatever is quite handy. It's a little bit like the uh, the layered commands on JAWS. Just a little well, bit a, similar. It's a shortcut rather than going NVDA key and the letter N to bring up the NVDA menu, going yeah. to preferences, settings. And Which I'm always through. in. I'm always diving around in there looking for yeah, something. Yeah, rather than go through the long way around, it's just a shortcut to bring you to a specific section. But very handy. I did not know about that G. That's very cool. Can you change or, or can you add keyboard shortcuts? So I'm thinking about the screen curtain. Maybe there's an add-on for it. I don't know. I haven't looked, but and maybe that's my next. No, there shouldn't but. be. It's built in. But I've, I no, I have come across the same thing because I went through the settings and I saw those options that you mentioned earlier, the toggle to turn it on or off, and I was hoping in there was going to be a piece of text or a hint that would say or use keyboard yeah. shortcut, blah blah, um, but it doesn't. Now I haven't looked into customizing keyboard shortcuts on NVDA, but. I did look into one of the add-ons that I used was some, some something like NVDA General Enhancements or something, and there's a load of add-ons in one package. And some of them aren't activated by default, and I think you do need to assign a custom keyboard shortcut. So um, I am going to look into that because, yeah, you're, you're right. I would like to turn the um, screen curtain on. But maybe it is there and we just don't know about it. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Well, I mean, in that... Settings menu, is there, is there like a full list of keyboard commands? Uh, um, or do you have to go off and get the manual for I that think, I think you go in, well, yeah, I think you can look that up in the manual. I'm not right. entirely sure, to be honest. I can't honestly can't remember. It's been that long since I've dived into the keyboard commands. Anyway, I thought that was quite interesting. Um, and, you quite know, out of a disaster, I managed to find something new. So there you go. I'm happy to help. Well, you could have learned uh, Vietnamese. And, well, that was, the, that was the last option, really. I mean, it was that or, or just get rid of the computer entirely and chuck it in the bin and start again. Right away. I was Hello, thinking Mac, maybe I just had to re yeah, restart the whole thing. But actually, uninstalling NVDA would probably have been another smart move. But then you, I'm always wary of doing that because all your settings you build up over time and all that stuff. Yes, yes. No, there is that as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I want to mention a two a things. Option. I want to mention a good and bad about the Mac today. So I'll start with the bad. Let's work up to the good. Let's do something okay. unusual Let's here. Let's finish on a high. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So um, bad is if you use Chrome, certain websites now aren't reading drop-down menus. 
um, with voiceover. So you go into a menu uh, on CleanFeed, which we're using right now. This is where I've noticed the problem. And our good friend Brian Fishler over at the Blind Tech Show, he was having the same issue. He sent me an email last night saying, are you having this issue as well? I was so pleased to get that email because I thought it was just me. I thought, why is this not reading for me? So um, many of us are in that situation. I know. It's like, how many of us sit here and think, is this wrong? just me? I know. And <laughs> it turned out it wasn't. So this is clearly an issue. Now, I don't know if it's a brought across the board. I need to find some other websites with drop-down menus to try. But, you know, you go into a drop-down menu. And in CleanFeed's case, you're going into a menu to choose a microphone, for example. There's a big list of all your inputs. And it just doesn't read any of them. Now, I also tried the same website, this CleanFeed website with Microsoft Edge. Same problem. So I don't know if that points to CleanFeed is the problem or Chrome is the option or Chromium as the problem or Chromium or whatever you call it. I don't know. But there's an issue definitely there. So that is something I'll be feeding back to Apple. So that's the bad. The good is... Hang on, before we get to the good. I was just going to say, why on earth are you using Chrome on the Mac? Safari is so nice. Uh, Well, I'm I'm using CleanFeed and CleanFeed wants Chrome. Exactly, yeah. yeah. There are some applications or services that require Chrome. Yeah. Yes. Got to, got to do that. It, it just it will tell you, you've got to use this particular browser, it won't work. A lot yeah. of these audio-based applications seem to, to be heavily dependent on Chrome. Yes, I wish that true. wasn't the, the case, but it kind of is. Weirdly, yeah. though, if you join as a guest on CleanFeed on the phone, you can use Safari. How weird is that? Does it use Safari or the own its own clean feed app? Is no, no, it just uses just uses Safari. In oh. fact, it, it requires or prefers Safari. That's really weird, strange. Okay, let's get on to the good. Yeah, not much time left, but I want to say this one, and I say this as uh, for the low vision people in the room, but actually for anybody who's ever used Zoom, and I haven't heard anybody else talk about this, but I think it's a really important thing to bring up. I found it by accident. Uh, so, very long story short. Um, I don't want to get into the, the detail there because I'll take all day, but basically I now have two monitors connected to my Mac. Uh, one is an external display, which is an extended display, and its purpose is really if you've been watching the TV show and you're able to tell at the at, in the background you'll see it's a screen with my logo on it for the show. And um, that's a, an extension of the existing Mac screen, right? So it doesn't really – I don't use it as a, a second monitor. It's just there as a display really for that logo. Yeah. But what I found was something that I have I had been looking for for a very long time, up until maybe a year ago, which is that I could al- allow myself to use Zoom, but on a single monitor rather than over both. And up until very recently, you couldn't do that. Yeah, if you zoomed in, if you used the magnification, it would zoom into both screens, so it would treat the whole both screens as one. And uh, yeah. As an expanded desktop almost. Yeah. yeah. So it makes Spread. it like a huge magnified screen, but it made it really awkward to use certain applications. A good example was Final Cut Pro, right? So maybe you had your video screen on the right monitor or the left monitor, and you had your tools you were working on in the middle, your timeline on the on the left display. Um, you couldn't easily sort of zoom into that while still being able to see full screen your other display because it would yes. zoom right into that timeline across both. That was a nuisance. That has been changed. They've updated it now, so you can actually choose which display or independent displays can zoom. So I can zoom in to one place on one screen, leave it there, and then come back to the other screen and either have it full screen or magnified at a different level. I can do it separately on each screen. Now, for low vision people, I think that's incredible. 
Yes, absolutely. Because that's a feature in premium software you only get on, on the PC. So I think that's an amazing addition. I don't think anybody's talked about it, but I think that's an amazing addition to Zoom. And, you know, for people who use Zoom and maybe have wanted to use dual screen but have been put off because of that, then I think I would say that is definitely a reason to reconsider. I think it could help productivity for low vision, low vision people as well. Sadly, a bit too late for me, but that's irrelevant. The fact is a lot of people could benefit from that, and I think that's uh, good to know about. Absolutely. And, it, you know, I, I used magnification for many, many years, and it was incredibly useful for allowing me to keep using the uh, computer. So that advancement into multiple displays, fantastic. I like yeah. that. Well, I mean, especially with all these ultra-wide displays going around and the way you can do things now, yeah. you know, it could add a lot of productivity functionality as well for people with low vision. So, yeah, well worth checking out. And the good thing was I didn't do anything. I didn't set anything up to do that. That must have been the default. Anyway, look, we're out of time. Goodness me. Uh, when do you get out of here? But listen, thank you so much, and uh, we'll catch you tomorrow. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.